welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now, here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. And today we have with us a very interesting speaker, and he's got a lot of very interesting things to say. His name is Clint White. Clint is recognized as a Crane's New York business top entrepreneur. He is deeply experienced as a marketer, consultant, teacher, and business builder. In addition, Clint wrote the book, Tattoos, Not Brands, which is coming out this month. He is the creator as well as the co-host of the podcast by the same name. Welcome to the show, Clint. Thanks. Glad to be here. Well, your topic, Tattoos, Not Brands, is quite unique. Could you tell us how you came to have that message and what is that all about? Why tattoos? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. It really came from experience. As a marketer, I have worked very much in equal stead with nonprofits and for-profits. And I found over the course of my almost 30 years doing this, that there was something common to both of those camps and that the leadership constantly articulated their goals as wanting to become a brand, to build a brand, to grow a brand, to articulate their brand. Um, and it, it, it occurred to me that that may be a bit myopic and it may be damaging because, well, a brand is rigid. The brand is is literally is is connoting a you know five hundred degree metal symbol. Being, well, it's who you are, and it's what your message is. It is. It, it can be sure. Certainly, it's a it is a rigid thing, though. And if you want to be a rigid thing, then great, definitely be a brand because that is a valuable, very rather aggressive approach. However, if if you are something maybe more nuanced, maybe more more situational, more personal, more narrative, more really more flexible, thinking about yourself as a tattoo has great advantages I found in in building this concept because it helps you number 1 understand that there's more goals than simply to be rigidly placed in somebody's brain, but rather to understand you don't have to be everything to everyone. Being segmented, being being cognizant of the fact that you can do a small or medium or even large amount of things for a specific demographic or psychographic or a, a, a population is fine and and is and it is a liberating concept for many that feel that you know the only way to succeed is if you you know dominate or or becomes a brand which is you know i have a i have a sort of set of rules for what it, what is a brand and what is a tattoo well isn't a tattoo typically permanent yeah yeah it's not it's not really about the permanence though though i i, I hear what you're saying it's more about the fact that it's a choice. It's a choice that you're 
putting into your ecosystem, into your, you know, the space that you control. And that, you know, for, for me, that has uh, all the things that I was just saying, a real, the, the positives of having control, of having a say, of being able to put together different things that articulate your personality, articulate your values, articulate what you're really, you know, evolving towards. And a brand is, you know, sometimes necessary and is there for a reason and and is sometimes a great choice. People choose Coke over Pepsi. Great. That's, That's fantastic. But it doesn't necessarily speak to people that are higher minded and that, that wish to have a deeper relationship with the things that they're choosing because of the nuances of them. Well, an example of flexibility, which may, may or may not have worked out, is a Starbucks located and originating from Washington. They said, you know, you know, coffee's great. Well, our well, our you know customers love coffee. That's why they come to us. We have a proprietary blend or the way that we produce and deliver it. But for the evening crew, let's add alcoholic beverages. Maybe they want alcoholic beverages while they schmooze in the coffee house. But that really never went over well nationally because I think people said, well, if I want to have a glass of wine and socialize with my friends, then I'm going to go to a club or a bar, maybe one ideally that has a happy hour. You know, they wouldn't think of Starbucks as a place to go get their glass of wine. They've already made inroads in saying like, I am where you want to come to get coffee. And wine never really had a place in that. So there is something to be said for like being a little bit rigid when you've made inroads, you know, nationally or internationally uh, as to what you're known for. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the, the reality is there's, there's nothing wrong with being a brand if it's, if it's, aligns with your goals and and your business plan and your you know your vision for the problem that you solve as a product or service and the you know the you know what I call user experience is a bit different than what the technical term speaks to. I, I consider user experience the way one feels before, during, and after having the experience of that product or service. So that's really what I think you're talking about. Starbucks has, you know, I I think it's fair to say they have invented the living room as a, you know, as a public space with the addition of, you know, relatively high-priced, high-quality, you know, beverages and 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 sandwiches and snacks and and desserts, but it it it's it is very clear and rigid, and that that works in in my view. But you do Another, get free Wi-Fi. Exactly right. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the UX, and that's a good reason why people come back and you know continue to spend. And the idea maybe as it pertains certainly to physicians and the, the medical field is there is a there is a big upside of having loyalty, big upside of having clarity about what you do and the delight and benefit of 
being in the service or being in the the treatment of that practice for the solution of of problems that that may cause friction in your lives. So to to that end, my my goal is not to though it may sound like it sometimes that I'm I'm you know inevitably I'm going to be championing tattoos over brands because it's what I've seen work and it's what I've personally felt ha- having some value and you know there's there's always another choice and I do feel like even smart you know all of my clients all of my you know people in my world are are generally much more knowledgeable in business than I am whether they have an MBA or whatever but it does surprise me about the blind spot of only thinking that branding or or having a brand is the the the, the way that success is is delivered in you know in the marketing space well that's certainly contrarian to what most people feel now you mentioned that the four p's in marketing will save your business and your life, which mm-hmm. seems pretty dramatic. Tell us what the four P's are and how will that save my life? Yeah, you know, connecting to what I was just saying, oftentimes this is a concept that is not considered by leadership and marketing leadership. So the four P's is, is the marketing mix. It's a concept that was developed around 80 years ago, and it breaks down your core offering into, into four quadrants product, price, place or distribution, and promotion. And doing that allows any anyone, whether you have read a thing or not about marketing, to analyze how you fit into the ecosystem and why. You know, your product should be something that's unique. It should have a unique selling proposition that is in contrast to the others in the marketplace, why choose you? So the product is a big part of that. If you're a physician, you know, what do you specialize in? What is, what is the, you know, what is the office like? How far is it from, you know, from the, the core constituency? Who is your core constituency and why? I'm not sure everyone does that. Certainly in my world, those are questions that are not dissected and, and put into the proper level of prominence in building a business. Then price, you know, I know, I know there's, there's some complications in the, you know, the medical world as it pertains to insurance and not insurance. So do you take insurance or not? I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge decision-making juncture as you're building a business in, you know, in, in your world, do you accept financing? Is there a cash discount? Do you take credit cards? You know, all those things are, are part and parcel to price and do make a big difference in the, you know, the calculations of who you can attract based on household income, based on, you know, all this data that's available to us, open source through the census and through other, other means. Then distribution, you know, that, that's certainly the, 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 options that you have to receive the services have come a long way in a couple of years with telemedicine and with the pandemic and with the blend between online and offline services. So I've seen some doctors go primarily virtual and, you know, they're, they're making a business decision in that regard, but that's up to you. You know, there's the, the marketing mix is intended to show that you have levels of control over the core competencies of of the practice and 
you know, I find it fascinating and and very helpful to do that exercise in a, you know, in a real quantitative way. And then promotion is also a pretty fascinating aspect of the marketing mix. How do we raise awareness? You know, how do we, how do we get into it? Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, let's take it from the start of that sentence. Yeah, sure. And with promotion, you know, the manner in which we build a plan of creating awareness that leads to consideration that comes with, you know, eventually conversion or not is something that has the dimension of control that allows you to understand the the potential for your business. If you can understand what it costs to, to convert a customer and then their lifetime value, then you can do math about all these things rather than wonder whether there will be any, you know, sort of return on investment of, of having a promotional component that's properly, you know, properly capitalized. You mentioned in a decoding culture that there are different tattoo types and you ask what is your tattoo type so um i'd like to figure that out what are they (laughs) yeah sure there's there's three main ones that that i write about classic contemporary and custom so classic is the ones that are that have been sort of made popular by others whether it's a you know heart and rose like the the cover of my book or you know an anchor or a mom or you know mickey mouse or or whatever things things that will be clear to to anyone that sees them so that might be a general practice or a, a very sort of specific practice in in the the phys- physician's world and that just allows you to be sort of very clear about what you do and to maybe you're going for volume in that in that in that construct coca-cola perfect example of that harley davidson something like that easily recognizable symbolic then contemporary is is more of the moment you know contemporary tattoos that we're seeing a lot now are the intricate japanese design and covering the entirety of a of a limb or an area to create a big canvas that is almost like a work of art so those might be services that are you know currently popular whether it's a a blend of eastern and western or holistic or you know mindfulness based or full you know sort of a full a 360 approach and those are great, except sometimes trends don't last as long as others. So in that type of business, you need to be constantly considering where where is what's next and if your business plan should anticipate that and be ready for the the inevitable cultural shifts. You know, removing of tattoos is a good example of that. That's become, you know, a multi-billion dollar business now and requires physicians supervision. Definitely a, definitely a business that I'm interested in after doing all this writing about tattoos because, you know, under people under 45, the majority of them have tattoos. And, you know, just like just like any sort of consumer driven journey, you regret things that you bought, you regret decisions you've made and the ability to erase them is, is getting easier, but there's a lot of money in it. So an interesting example of that to me could be like an app, you know, dating apps are good examples of that as, as one 
as one gets more popular, another one wanes and people move on kind of constantly struggling to find fits. So businesses like that are great. And then finally, custom. It's where that's where a business is trying to do two or more things with the dimensions of the 4P. You know, that can be something like Uber or Lyft, where they're not only offering rides in vehicles, but also renting cars or renting bicycles or, you know, something like that, where you're solving a variety of, of friction in your consumer journey but you're still choosing what it is. I mean, some, maybe some days you'll, you'll bike to work and some days you'll walk, some days you'll, 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 you'll be in a, in a car if it's raining or whatever. So those are the three types. And um, the intent there is really just to visualize what your intent is as a business or an organization so that you can be as efficient as possible in, in delivering on those, those goals. The listeners of the show would like to know, do you have a tat? And if so, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I I am in the minority in that regard. And I think the reason is is pretty simple. I just haven't I haven't selected something that I want to look at every day or show off every day. And I think not having a, t- a tattoo is also uh, equivalent to having a tattoo. You know, they're they're, they're because You're the majority. A statement. Yeah, making a statement or especially after writing this book, I get that question a lot. And I mean, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And it's up to me for me to, you know, roll up my sleeve or or leave your shirt on or, or take off your shirt at the beach or, you know, wear a certain, you know, things to cover or uncover. And I think that's when, when I, when I've always sort of tried to communicate the intrigue of this, I think of just the, the, the synapses that go off when you see a, a piece of a tattoo through a, you know, through a sleeve or through the back of a, of a dress or, you know, on somebody's ankle covered with a sock, you know, you, you do, you do inevitably wonder and you want to know more. And I think that's, that's a really good analogy to have as a, as a business that has certain goals and wants to, feel like that, to feel like a magnet, to feel like something that is irresistible or or intriguing. Of course, when these people with a lot of tats turn over 85 and the skin starts getting very saggy, you might not actually be interested in seeing like the entire tattoo. (laughs) You know, I, I, I hear that, but I also, I, you know, I start the book by explaining why I'm, why I'm, fascinated by these and the way tattoos age i think is also from an aesthetic point of view rather fascinating and and you know it's not that different to the way art can age and art does need to be restored art does need to have its pigments refreshed and it happens all the time in in the most famous paintings and works of art in in the globe generally have all undergone renovations and that's possible for tattoos if it's you know i've also seen people adjust the meaning through creative overlays of darker inks different different edges and whatnot so it's a lot of options a lot of flexibility so i understand that your book is coming out this month and oh yeah it's out yay congratulations no thank you yeah congratulations so for everybody listening you can get it 
through Amazon, I assume. Yep. Uh, anyways, or, buy books, but Amazon's definitely the the main point. Is it in Kindle as well? Mm-hmm. Kindle paperback as well as audio audiobook on Audible and all the places where you get audiobooks. Great. Did you did you happen to be the one who read the book for Audible or did you hire someone I didn't. Else? No, I didn't. I, 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 I don't have enough confidence in the sound of my own voice yet. So I got a, I got a professional to do it and he's great. Mike Bratton is a, is a genius voiceover guy. And I, I, I hear the intent of what I'm trying to do, but I don't hear the, the, I thought the it was stuff. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> next time, next book, next book. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that. And if someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they reach you? Yeah, the website's tattoosnotbrands.com. Everything's there, the book, podcast, consulting services, and all the sort of exercises and illustrations that that bear out the, the concepts are there. So please come check it out and join the join the mailing list and you'll get all the updates. Yay. Tattoosnotbrands.com. Well, this has been a very interesting episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.